what do you want? Listen, Ascent, welcome, but I'm actually watching grass grow right now. I would do this all the time as a kid. Always knew when we would mow the grass what it looked like, but I wanted to see where was the growth. When we talk about becoming like Christ, when we talk about transformation, maybe that question is on your mind also. Where is the growth? What does growth actually look like? I think there's something that we're missing when it comes to this question and when it comes to the transformation process. Today, I wanna to talk about just that because us and grass have a lot in common. And we're gonna see what that looks like a little bit later. Today, I wanna to start off with a song that's gonna cue up our entire morning. So sit tight and leave me alone. I gotta see if grass can grow, all right? You join us. Who am I that the highest king would welcome? I was lost, but he brought me his love for me. His love for me. Wow. 
friends, yes indeed, you are. And somebody out there needs these words as a reminder that you are chosen, you are not forsaken, that you are a beloved son or daughter of the Most High God. And so we're gonna sing these words together, and as we do, I invite you to, to embody those words and remember who God has made you to be. Come on, would you sing with us? I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. Well, what's up, Ascent? What an amazing way to start our morning, talking about who you say I am. We need that song. It cues us up exactly for what our morning is gonna be talking about. I decide to come on in. I'm not outside anymore, but I do have some things to say. When it comes to this topic of becoming, when it comes to this transformation idea of being more and more like Jesus, there's something I got to make very, put it at the forefront and say, because it's so important. Before I even get started, I have to make this very, very clear. We don't become more and more like Jesus to pat ourselves on the back, to give us a, a thumbs up kind of Christian stamp of approval because we're cool or it's the trendy thing to do. We become more and more like Jesus because he has bestowed his love upon us. It's actually a life of response and we pursue becoming more and more like Jesus because he first pursued us. It's to bring glory and honor to his name. He is the one that leads and rules our life. And because of that, we ought to think about becoming more and more like Jesus and pursue that. I got to make that very clear because I think sometimes we can you know, misconstrue some things. So I want to put that at the for forefront and make that very essential for some of the things I'm gonna be talking about today. I think it actually sets us, sets us up because today, as we talk about that topic of becoming, it gets really personal for me. I want you to sit tight, because I gotta tell you a little bit about my story. When you hear becoming more and more like Jesus, maybe that's something that is cool, or maybe that's something that's like, yeah, that sounds familiar. For me, it reminds me of a dark time, a time in my life where it almost caused me to walk away from it all. If I'm honest, I gave up on this Christian, things, this Christian thing a few times, multiple times. And I think because of my story, it's gonna help us today. See, for me, 
it started out, you know, maybe for some of you, I'm talking to the Christians out there, those who you know in Christian world, maybe you've been a Christian all your life, you can probably relate to some of the things in my story. Started out, you know, when I said yes to God, I'm like, oh man, this is cool. I'll be starting to come around Christians and, you know, you walk down that aisle, you pray that prayer, you got snot coming out your nose and it's an emotional experience. You lift your hands, it feels good. I don't want to trivialize anything, but I'm talking about my own story right now, right? You do all the things, especially if you're at camp. Man, if you're at camp, you probably got saved 10 times. Can I get an amen? You've probably been there before, right? You're sitting around a campfire, you're thinking about some things, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm tired of sin, I hate it. You go through these motions, you start thinking about the things and, you know, leave camp, you come back to church, you start joining a core group, you start going to worship nights, you go to a mission trip and you're like, oh my goodness, thumbs up, this is what it's all about. You start doing the Christian thing, you start hanging around Christian, you start listening to Christian music, oh man, who remembers that time in life, right? You start, you probably, if you're really Christian, I'm talking to the really, really Christian people out there, you probably got rid of all your secular CDs, right? You probably got threw away everything. You start going through this process of, oh man, I only want to listen to worship music and, you know, all these things, mercy me and all these bands, right? You start going to deep place of worship and all these things. You start doing things that Christians did. And for me, I started thinking about this because that's exactly what I did. And there wasn't something inside of me until there was that started to say, I'm missing something. It's not enough. But if you're like me, what do you do? You suppress that. I'm just like, come on, this is what Christians do. You got to do this. So becoming like Jesus and doing what Christians did was something that I pursued hard. I started to go after in a big way. And it led me down a path of turning away from God. Now, stick with me because all those things are important, but that's where I started. Because what else was I supposed to do? Right? Think about it. In the natural, if I want to become like someone, I have to do what they do. It's like almost a duh moment, right? I have to do what they do. Think about it. If I want to get really buff, I want to get yoked. I want to get these guns like, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson type buff, right? I got to talk to him. I got to sit down with him. What are you eating? What's your diet like? How much are you lifting? How many weights are you going to keep putting on that bench press? I got to figure those things out. And I'm like, all right, I got to do that. What music is he listening to? How is he going about it? When does he start his day? When does he end his day? Because I got to replicate that same thing because that's how you become like someone. If I want to become a world-class athlete, if I want to become a Nobel Peace Prize winner, if I want to become someone who is an environmental specialist, if I want to, whatever that is, you choose that. What is it that you think about when you think about those things? Whatever that is, we in the natural, we have to shadow that person, right? We have to think about what they do, what their life is like. And then we have to go do just that. So why wouldn't I start there? Why wouldn't I do the same thing when it came to this whole Christian thing? So becoming like Jesus, that was my starting point. And it led me to this place of walking away from God because I could suppress it long enough and it kept coming back up. This thought, this idea of it's not enough. Doing all the things is not enough. See, I came to this crossroad, this crux in the road of religion and relationship. And religion says, do what I do. And relationship says, get to know me. 
See, it's this whole dichotomy with these things that I was missing out on. And religion is continuing to do the things, all of the stuff. And that's exactly what I did. And for me, it didn't lead me to a place of becoming authentic and real. See, I was outside laying in the grass, real grass. See, we cut that grass. We think about that grass, right? All those things, we got to keep up with that grass. It led me not to an authentic place like the grass that I was laying in, but it led me to an artificial place. See here, I have some artificial grass here with me. And isn't it interesting that I did all of the religious stuff and yet my result was this. I did all the things. I lifted my hands when I was supposed to. I said amen when I was supposed to. I, you know, started to become and go to seminary classes and I started to go to worship night and I started to do the things. And yet my life was this. It was artificial. And deep down inside, I knew that. See, I wrote down a few things when it comes to real grass and artificial grass. When it comes to artificial grass, a few bullet points that I wrote down when I think about artificial grass is it's cheap. It's affordable, right? It's pretty cheap in the long run. It's no maintenance. This is some of the selling points, right? No maintenance. You don't have to do anything with this. No maintenance at all. And it's convenient. Think about that. And if I think about hindsight being 2020, when it comes to the walk that we live in, this walk of faith, this journey of following after Jesus. Do those selling points, do those bullet points describe your life? Your spiritual life, not your external, not the secondary things, but the internal life, the interior life. When it comes to Jesus, when it comes to this walk, is it something that requires no attention and no maintenance at all? Is it something that is in some ways cheap, if we're honest? If we're honest, is it convenient? Like I'll wake up on Sunday and if I get to that, I'll do that. And I'll, and I'll you know, do the things that if I feel like it, like I'll turn it on when I feel like it. Like I feel like being kind today, so I think I'm going to be kind today. Is it convenient? Like when I want to, like I can, you know, get a promotion at a job and then I'm like feel good about myself and I can put like hashtag blessed and like God blessed. Is it convenient? Do I just throw it in because it feels good? Or is it authentic? And I don't say that to be condemning or judgmental. I say that because I've been there. And before you conclude, like I concluded, that all of this is a bunch of baloney. See, I did all the things and I ran into myself into the ground and I kept trying to suppress the feeling that it wasn't enough. I concluded that everybody that I seen at church was a bunch of people that faked happiness, a bunch of hypocrites. It was nothing but baloney. And I started to walk away because if I'm honest, that's what was happening in my life. I started to fake it. It started to feel good, but then it, it didn't sustain because when real life hit, I didn't fall back on my relationship with God. I fell back on religious stuff. I fell back on what you do. I fell back on the Christian algorithm of what they do in life. It's time to pray. It's time to get down on my knees. It's time to fast. It's time to do something. And it was knee-jerk reactions. And that's what I fell back on. But was that enough? When real life hit, when trials came my way, I concluded that it was nothing but a bunch of artificial people, artificial life, 
because that's what was happening inside of me. Now, before you turn your back, before you decide to call it a whole bunch of baloney, I think we can learn something from this guy named Nicodemus. I believe he is exactly where I am and probably exactly where you were or where you are. See, when it comes to this topic of becoming like Christ, this transformation, we all need to pursue it. We all need to be in the midst of it. But there's a starting point and it doesn't start with stuff. It doesn't start with religious activity. It doesn't start with the religious things that religious people do. There's a step that we're missing. And that feeling that I had inside that this isn't enough, that this won't sustain me, is exactly what Jesus is talking about when he's having this conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus is this guy, and we can see in John uh, chapter 3, it says these words right here. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. So Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He says, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs and miracles that you do unless God is with him. Verse three, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, what is his response in all of these things? What is his response to Nicodemus when he says, I'm coming to you. I need to know, is there more? I know that there's something on your life. Jesus's next words show, shows us, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again? Like we would all ask, how can I enter a second time into the womb? And then Jesus says, truly, truly, I tell you, unless one is born of water and spirit, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, there's a lot of things in here. It gets a lot of religious language, but let me get to the crux of it. Unless we are born again. This is a religious term here, right? Some of it comes with a lot of connotations, but I wanted to really emphasize that because that's exactly what the scripture says. Some of us would conclude what that framing of that word is, is a new birth. See, Nicodemus was a religious man who did all the stuff. He knew the Bible. He actually was a Pharisee and they would do all the religious things. But it's nothing in his life that could really point to a relationship. And isn't that the difference of religion and relationship? See, religious stuff can look like on the external a bunch of true Christian things, but it doesn't get to the heart of it. And for us, when we look at our lives, we have to be mindful that we don't become a bunch of people who are doing the stuff without first starting at the place of a new birth. I love this story of Nicodemus because it shows us that even religious people need a new birth. I don't care where you are in your walk. If you haven't had a new birth, you're missing something. Something's not enough. Something's not adding up. And you will feel this or see this at some point in your life. And before you turn away, before you walk away, like I did, there's a new birth that God is calling us all to. There's a new birth that is essential that we must have. And before you tune out, before you say that this is a whole bunch of churchy language and all those things, I believe it's a new birth that is the very starting place of transformation, the very starting place of becoming more and more like Jesus. 
What is a new birth? What does that entail? What does that look like? What do I got to do to get that? All these things. Well, I'm going to answer those questions. I'm going to get to that. But for now, I want you to sit tight. For now, I want you to hold on and I'm going to come back to you in a little bit. For now, there's some updates and a vision about the church, about Ascent, that I want you to hear about. So take a tune, take a moment. I'm going to come back to you. But before I go, I want you to think about in my life, is there something that's missing? Is it a bunch of religious activity or is it relationship? Take a listen to this vision time and I'll be back with you in a little bit. Hey, Ascent, Bill here. Man, I am so tempted right now to tell you guys what new birth is and just totally spoil Maurice's sermon, but I'll let him do that a little bit later. But we wanted to just interrupt for just a second and give you guys a little update of what's been going on around here. First, you guys, we did a hygiene drive over the last couple of weeks. You guys go, you guys always go all out whenever we do those kinds of drives. And we got so much Old Spice deodorant and body wash and all of that. The, the Boulder Valley School District liaison in Lafayette was just overwhelmed with your generosity. You guys, you continue to do that. You are such a stinking generous church of people. And, and so, and we love that. Continue to be that way. We, we tell you guys that every week that when you give online or when you give, uh, when you write a check and mail it in to us or whatever, you know that we're going all out to make sure that that's gonna bless our community in as many ways as we can. So keep doing that, all right? All right, one quick thing for you guys that are new. Some of you have started started with Ascent even in the midst of COVID and maybe we haven't, you haven't even seen this place in person. We'd love for you guys to fill out a card. It's a connect card that's going to be right there on the screen. Fill out that connect card so that, so that we can, can connect you guys with what's going on around here. We can tell you more about this church. We'll give you a $5 a gift card to, to Starbucks and you can get a couple of white chocolate mochas, non-fat, no whip. They're called skinny white chocolate mochas. Get a couple of those with a gift card that we give you guys. And one more thing, next week, is teacher appreciation week for us as a church we are going we just want to make sure that our teachers are so uh, cared for in this super challenging time for them so this next week we are going to starting tomorrow we're going to pray you're going to if you if you received our church email you got a you got an email that talks about it or if you haven't you can see it on social media we're going to be praying for our administrators and our teachers and anybody working in the school district we'll be praying for them all week long you're going to hear some of their stories via social media. We're going to give them a gift in the midst of all of this. We love the teachers of our church, and we want to care for you guys in every way we can in this season. All right? All right, now let's get back to Maurice, man. He has got some great stuff for us. Keep listening to what he's got to say. Well, now comes the beginning. Now comes the nitty gritty of this topic of new birth. What I want to really focus on and really make sure that we understand is that this is where it begins. This is where it starts. I want to talk about the, you know, the details of that. But what we have to focus on is that there is no transformation without new birth. There is no becoming like Jesus without a new birth. See, today I thought about this topic and when I came to this sermon, I started to write down all of these notes and, you know, I'm a Bible nerd. I got to be honest with you. When it comes to scripture, when it comes to things, I get really like, you know, emphasize scripture. I get really, you know, dancing and excited about what scripture says. 
and my Bible nerd geek start turning on when it came to this topic of becoming like Jesus. I started thinking to myself, let me start and talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, yeah, come on, right? All the people who out there, you call yourself Christians, you follow after God, you know some of the Bible, you know what I'm talking about. The fruit of the Spirit, patience and kindness and love and long-suffering. I'm like, all right, perfect. We got to do those things so that we become like Christ. And then I thought to myself, no, 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 let's even take it a deeper level. I started thinking to myself, no, 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 Paul lets us know, Romans 12, some of you who may know some of what I'm talking about. He says, to be transformed, we have to be renewed in our mind. And I'm like, there we go, the mind. That's what I'm gonna talk about. When it comes to transformation, you gotta renew your mind. You gotta renew your mind. And then I thought about my story. And I started to realize that I can hack my mind, right? We got all sorts of things out there that talks about, hey, how to read a book in 30 seconds and take this pill or, you know, have your life transformed. How do you, you know, change your mindset? And you do these things, 30 days sign up. We could do the things around the mind. We, we can do some things around, you know, manufacturing patience and manufacturing kindness. And I can make you think that I'm kind and make you think that I'm patient, right? I can do those things, but it'll miss the starting point. It'll miss the essential point, and that is the new birth. See, when it comes to new birth, what I wrote down, what I started to see in scripture, in that same piece of John chapter three, Jesus goes on to let us know. He says, uh, uh, Nicodemus is asking, how can a man be born again? And Jesus says these words, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Don't even marvel that I'm asking you to be born again because everyone must be born again. What is he saying here? What does that mean? What does that look like? His response to Nicodemus is all the activity that you're doing externally is not what that is. That's not what the point is. See, if you want to have an amazing physical life, you have to first be born. So it's this almost moment where Jesus goes elementary on us, right? He goes all the way back to the basics. If I tell you, do you want to be great? And you start thinking about all the things you got to list to become great. On that list, I can guarantee you if I'm a betting man, it's not going to say be born. It's not going to say I have to come into the world to impact the world. But it's true, though. And it's the same what Jesus is getting at is the same way you would look at that in the physical world. To have a spiritual life, to have a spiritual transformation, to have a great spiritual life, you first must be spiritually born again. So it's not talking about the physical. It's not talking about trying to go back into figuring out being born physically. He's saying spiritually, the same thing has to take place. What I love about this topic of new birth and this born again moment is that it reorients us. See, anyone can start trying to do religious stuff. I did it, Nicodemus did it, but not everyone can have the starting point of a new birth unless that's by God's grace and unless we decide to turn from our sin. See, this is where it starts getting into the nitty gritty. To have this new birth, it's not just like, let me get a new birth. When we come to Jesus, when he says, follow me, when he came to earth to pursue us and show us his love, he's asking for a response. And in that response, he's saying, let go of your life to find your life. Deny yourself and find your new identity in me. 
See, I once held on to my life so much that I thought becoming like Christ was an addition. I thought it was the sprinkles on top, right? I thought it was the cool thing to do. And I thought I can hold on to Maurice. I can still do the things I want to do. I can still live the way that I want to live. And my response is only going to be add a little Jesus on top. Has that been you before? Just add a little Jesus on top. That fixes it all. Go to a funeral and it's just like, let me just add a little Jesus on top. Live my life, you know, get a bad grade. Just let me add a little Jesus on top. Jesus is saying, I didn't come to be an addition. I came to be the core. I came not to just give you new birth. I'm talking about a new nature, a new identity. See, it's not an upgraded you that Jesus is saying I'm going to give you. It's not a Maurice 2.0 or a Cynthia 2.0 or a John 2.0. No, he's saying, I want a new nature in you. And that only happens with a new birth. And in this new birth, it entails us turning from our old ways, our own life and saying, Jesus, you loved me. And my response is going to be turning to you. I lay down my life and I turn to you, the new birth requires us to reorient our lives, a new religious life, that doesn't require us to do anything except to act, to become great people who can mask the true self. And Jesus in this moment, and what he's calling us all to be a part of, is this new birth, this new identity. That's where transformation starts. That's where becoming like Christ starts. The best way that I could put it, maybe some of you are thinking, maybe you're wondering, I'm still not quite getting it. The best way that I could put it. Remember earlier, I talked about some of those bullet points, some of those selling points when it came to artificial turf, right? Well, I left one out so that I could put it in right here. One of those selling points that's also in there that I left out is that artificial turf doesn't require any seeds. Think about that. You don't need to lay any seeds. You don't need to do any sort of watering this grass. You don't need to do any sort of uh, 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 soil or all these things. It doesn't need any seeds. And a religious life doesn't have a seed. It's not rooted in something except for self. The life that Jesus calls us to. He says, I'm actually placing a seed in you. First Peter tells us that we're not born of a perishable seed, but a imperishable seed. Talking about Jesus, talking about the new nature, talking about the new birth. He says we are born again from a seed. And that seed, when we lay our life down and we turn it to God, our response is this seed that Jesus plants inside of us. See, when it comes to those things that I mentioned, when it comes to patience, kindness, when it comes to transformation, it happens from the seed. So what does that look like? Well, I got us some seeds for you. Duh. Right. I wanted to give a little quick illustration. Right. If this is what we want to become, if I want to become more and more like Christ, I can do the watering. I'm only going to grow more. I can do the, you know, the, the, the kind of, I don't know what you do with planting. I'm, you know, not in a field where I know right now. I can do the trimming, right? Do some of the things. If I had an apple tree and I did all the things and I watered it more and I maintained it more, and I gave it more attention. I'm just going to have bigger apples. What Jesus came to do is ask us to lay this aside. And when we turn ourselves to him, 
what he does. It's a replanting altogether. It's not the same bucket. It's not the same thing. It's an entirely different seed. And if we place these seeds inside, this is what it's about. This is what it looks like, right? A new seed. You can't see it fully, but I just emptied out some seeds in here. And it's an entire new replanting. And I don't know a lot about replanting, but I know that it's going to take some time for these seeds to sprout. It's going to take some time for my life to look a little bit different. Inside, though, there's a new identity that's budding, that's flourishing. And if you hang on in there long enough, if you continue to start here and then do the things that I mentioned earlier, the mission trips, the core groups, the worship nights, the prayer moments, that actually flows from this seed. In this moment, I'm asking all of us to think about have we been replanted? And if we have, have we actually gone astray from maintaining what that seed looks like, requiring maintenance and not just artificial turf, but actual maintenance? This seed that's inside of us, I believe, is the beginning of transformation, is what the transformation that all of us should be leaning into. As we are replanted by Jesus, it's going to take some time. So don't look at the grass like I was earlier today. Don't stare at the grass looking for it to sprout. Growth is essential and it will happen when we have the necessary seed. This, this morning, as I think about those things, I want to end in three quick moments, three quick things to tell you. I want you to consider praying, being honest about that prayer and finding other people that are honest about their spiritual walk. Pray, be honest in that prayer, and find others that are honest about their spiritual walk. Because if you find those things, if you do those things, I can guarantee you it's not going to be a life of hypocrisy like I found myself in. It's going to be an authentic new birth that Jesus is calling us all to and is the beginning of transformation. This next song, I believe, speaks to just that. It says, you say. It's a worship moment that I want us to take a moment to sit in. Jesus says a lot about us. And when we start to live into that identity, when we start to recognize the new seed that's in us, it's an organic moment of response. It's a flowing out of the seed that my hands are lifted. I'm not saying everybody has to lift their hands, but that's me personally. It's an organic moment for me to love others because of the seed that's inside of me. It's an organic moment for me to be patient with others because of the seed, not because of Maurice. And this moment, this next song says, you say, and I want you to sing that with us. I want you to hear that with us because Jesus' identity is what he is calling us all to. And it is exactly what the new seed is all about. Take a listen. Keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high? 
Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. 
Well, Sen, we would love to invite you to worship. We're going to close together with a song. And it speaks to what Maurice has been talking about today. And it speaks to the scripture that Kristen read. Uh, we want to build our life upon God. So we invite you to uh, embody this song. Would you join us? Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Yes, we live for you. Sing Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. He's worthy, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you, yes, we live for you. We sing holy.
All right, you guys, you will not be shaken. And that starts, that starts with that new birth that Maurice is talking about. That starts with that new life that we have in Jesus. That's the starting point for all of us. That preaches for every one of us. We hope that you guys hear that message this week. Come back next week. Join us again next week, you guys, because, man, we all need this. We need this truth to set, set, settle down deep on our hearts. So come back next week and hear a little bit more from this same series on becoming. Becoming? Is that what it's called? Yeah.